Welcome to episode 96 of the Whatnots Review Show. Every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio show, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson and I am joined as always by Kyle Springer. Hello. Howdy. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing this morning? I am doing pretty good. I had a cinnamon roll for breakfast. Oh, lucky you. My roommate was making them, and she had some leftovers, and she was like, you want one? I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> so that was fantastic. What about you? I don't know. I went to the mall yesterday. Okay. How was that? Yeah. Mall was good. I bought a face mask. I bought a, a long, flowy, witchy robe. Those okay. are just the things I need to get by. Yeah. For witching purposes. There is a Friday the 13th coming up this this next month. Oh, yeah. In, in when the first is March. a Sunday, the 13th is a Friday. I feel like we just had one of these. Did we? Dece- December. December had a Friday December the 13th. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. There you go. You have new witching attire for the witching day. <laughs> <laughs> for me to wear to the office where I do my <laughs> ultimate supernatural business. Yeah. I mean, you guys still don't have those trees that they took. I'm going to talk to somebody because they said we would get new trees in the fall and it's March now. Almost the Today spring. is March. Yeah. I'm going to talk to somebody. Wild. I will pay for my own personal tree to sit outside of my window if I have to. <laughs> Sounds good. So what are we, we talking are about today. this week? We're here today for the next episode in our special Venture Brothers series. If you haven't checked in with us recently, we're trying something new here on the podcast, where for one episode a month, we are going to keep watching the same show through its entirety. And we started with the Adult Swim cartoon Venture Brothers. Last month, we covered seasons one and two, and today we're going to be talking about seasons three and four. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is an interesting experience experiment for for us and i think it's working i yeah i love the idea that you came up with but we had something like this back in the day with our crunchy peanut butter mm. episodes it was a weird stupid name but it, it worked because it was just so dumb <laughs> it, it somehow did communicate the goal of what you were trying to do <laughs> yeah it was it was like we're we have like a larger chunk of something, mm-hmm. but we still give, yeah. give, give them that like smooth, creamy goodness of of each <laughs> weekly episode. <laughs> you know what everybody's been saying about the podcast? I love it. It's so creamy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, this is it's it's gonna be an interesting one because we've we haven't ever, despite having that crunchy peanut butter Mm -hmm. style thing um we haven't talked about in an episode or some book or movie across multiple episodes yeah you didn't do it in unknown territory you are we're covering this in installments and i think what you used to do with those is you'd watch everything and talk about it all in one episode yeah yeah Mm -hmm. exactly um so I I don't think we really need to do much of a plot synopsis uh, 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 other than, hey, if you haven't seen 
venture bros mm. go check it out we already have yeah. an episode uh, about four episodes back i think it was episode like 92 or 93 something like that i think this yeah. is 96 so yeah shouldn't was... be too hard for you to scroll back and look but to catch 92. you up a little bit the venture brothers is an adult swim cartoon it has been running since 2004 uh consistently but just with long gaps in between the seasons they've made seven seasons in that time and this started off as a takeoff on uh johnny quest and other like Hanna Barbera, like kids adventure, kind of mid century 60s, 70s adventure stories yeah. like that. Kind of a spoof of those about this super scientist that used to be a boy adventurer and now he's a bitter adult. And he has these two sheltered teenage sons and a family bodyguard. And they go around on all these crazy adventures pursued by all these super villains. And it started as this spoof of action adventure cartoons and then the mythology started to grow and the characters started to grow and it's become more of its own thing and with seasons three and four when we last left off the monarch and dr girlfriend had gotten married and she is now dr mrs the monarch and they have filed as a uh, a joint villainship with the guild of calamitous intent (laughs) they are no longer villain and Henchwoman, essentially, they are now villain and villainous. So these seasons see us villainous. (laughs) (laughs) These seasons see them exploring their marriage, getting used to married life. She had told him, "If you're going to marry me, you have to stop arching Doctor Venture. Like, stop going after him." Mm -hmm. So we find Doctor Venture trying to get a new supervillain. Monarch's trying to figure out how to fill his time. The boys continue to grow up, and we see Hank make his first normal friend his own age. <laughs> and he's a surly local teenager for named normal. Yeah. I mean, not a superhero. Yeah. Not somebody who grew up in a jet plane. Somebody who does not have a robot hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good old Dermot. Mm. Oh, man. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and run the spoilers graphic uh mm. and and i i think we should just dive right in and continue talking about all of that stuff yeah. so spoilers save our... go graphic <laughs> thing go. there we go okay go team spoilers uh, yeah. you want to save our housekeeping chunk for the end of the episode then since we're kind of on a roll now Let, well yeah yeah okay let's, let's all right let's save housekeeping let's just get right in end. it all Not right, right in. Let's start with Dermot, since since we mm-hmm. just mentioned him. How do you feel about mm. that character? <laughs> I did like him when he first showed up, just as a foil to Hank and Dean. Like he is this surly kind of punk. He's like Dark Napoleon Dynamite in a way, where he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know karate." <laughs> And uh, I have a girlfriend in Canada. She's totally a model. <laughs> but he, like, he is. the difference is Napoleon D- 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 Dynamite doesn't think he's cool. Like he knows he's not, <laughs> but he's so into into his his Debatable. his own stuff that he really doesn't care. Yeah, Dermot thinks he's the coolest shit in the world. Oh yeah, he just he thinks he's totally serious, and it's just like oh my god. And he's a kid who's like yeah. I own a butterfly knife thrown into the world of Hank and Dean where they're like, we fought a mummy last week. 
<laughs> so I liked him as a foil, just as a juxtaposition to sort of contrast the, w- how the boys are still so far away from normal teen life. Normal in quotes, if you want to do it like that. Yeah. I love that he's stuck around, and I loved that he is literally part of the family now. Yeah. And always has been. Yeah, he's 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 a big part of the show now. I have to say, I'm not a fan of him. I <laughs> I I think he's super annoying. Um, I think that's kind of the point of him. Yeah, that 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 is the the point. Uh, so like, it, it's not much that I can say beyond the uh, just like, yeah, he's he's there, he's doing his thing. I I I. I I think I liked him better as that, yeah, just like he showed up once in a while and mm. maybe there was some like specific joke that they could do mm. with him. But once it, like once they started including him and he had like story and backstory and all of this stuff, I was just like, I don't really like this character. <laughs> um, and I, that, that might be a personal thing. Who knows? Yeah. But I, I think... Over seasons three and four, they started to introduce more characters that I was just like, I don't like these guys. I don't <laughs> want them. Go away. Show me more of the <laughs> Venture family. The cast does really expand now. Yeah. Did you like mm-hmm. Shore Leave? Uh, Shore Leave is which one again? Shore Leave is the OSI guy, the Sphinx guy. That group okay. changes identities several times. Like yeah. the gay guy with the anchor tattooed on his chest. Yeah, he he started off as like the knockoff G.I. Joe. Yes. But it was like, what if G.I. Joe was gay? Um, and More or less. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's part G.I. Joe, part uh, village people is the joke when he first okay. shows up. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not familiar with the village people, so... I, I did, didn't catch that. I was just like, oh, it's gay G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I liked him fine. My issue with that is I don't really know where Sphinx came from. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit, because that's a whole other thing that I think we can talk about. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I, I thought his character was fine. He's fun. I... But to get back to Dermot, the they do a, new, a neat thing towards the end of season four where Dean goes off on this like summer internship to work with Impossible Industries in New York City. Yeah. And there's an episode that follows him and an episode that follows Hank back at home. So mm-hmm. these two stories are happening at the same time in two different episodes. Those were and Hank's good ones. Story, yeah. I really love that pair of episodes. And Hank's story is that he... So Dermot came to the Venture Compound believing that Brock was his dad. Like, he grew up believing it was just him and his single mom and his older sister. And he's like, Mom, who's my dad? And she's like, well, he's over there at the Venture Compound. So he wanders in on, like, a, a <laughs> rusty Venture Boy Adventure Day Camp Day. And he sees Brock and he's like, oh, that's my dad. That's got to be him. He's the most manly, the most macho. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Hank is doing this terrific film noir bit 
where his dad told him to find a job and he decides he's going to set up an office as a private investigator. It, this one I think was my favorite episode. This, it was so this good. This is one of the very best episodes. It was amazing. Because the, so the, 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 the whole thing is that he, yeah, he thinks he has this like crime noir detective mm. uh, j- job. But it's only whenever he puts on his detective hat. Yes. And when he d- 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 does, the whole the whole show g- goes black and white. It has the like uh-huh. film lines and yes. dust and stuff on them, and it's fantastic. I'm like, this is great. It it is really cool. But he's the mystery he's decided he's going to try and investigate is who really is Dermot's dad. Mm-hmm. And Brock's like, no, I have. Th- I don't remember sleeping with this woman. I wouldn't have done that. I really don't think he's my kid, Hank. And he finds this key. I don't even remember how he gets the key, but he finds a key to the venture compound, like with Dermot's stuff. And somehow it winds up with Dr. Orpheus, who's trying to help. I forgot that Orpheus and the Alchemist were a major part of this episode. Yeah. And they get all wrapped into this. And Orpheus is like, why are you hanging out with Hank? And the Alchemist is like, because he knows how to f- have fun, and you go to bed at 9.30. <laughs> like, we're solving mysteries. You're taking mm-hmm. a nap. <laughs> yeah, they cast a spell on this key, and they find out, like, the last memories of this key, the the pivotal importance of what this key is, and it turns out that yeah. who Dermot has always thought is his older sister is his mom, and uh-huh. his mom is his grandma, because his sister got pregnant when she was, like, 15, and the mom was like, we're going to, I'll raise the baby as my own. You know, I'll take this all on as my responsibility. Because his mom, his real mom, was a Rusty Fincher fangirl who Rusty had slept with after she had lied about his age. Lied about her age. And he's. it cuts to this really, like, there's no jokes in this for, like, two minutes. Yeah. Just this really raw scene of the family yelling at each other. Rusty's like I didn't know she lied what was I supposed to do card her I do feel really bad about this let me work through this do you want money what do you want and the grandma's just yelling at him like we don't want your money we don't want anything get out of here you're not going to be a part of this kid's life and the last thing Rusty did is like throw a key to the compound to the to the mom saying I'm here if you ever want to come try and work this out yeah (laughs) and that's it yeah, and it's like I said, it's a really emotional scene out yeah. of nowhere. Like it's so jarring, but in a really good way. I think it's one of the neatest twists the se- the series has ever done. Was yeah. to make it so it's like, oh no, this is a third venture brother. <laughs> there is more of them. Yeah, because there 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 is an a- episode down the road where all three of them do team yes. up and, and and they do the go team venture and they're like mm-hmm. you want to get in on this <laughs> he's like all he's right like, fine okay go team lame. venture sure yeah <laughs> yeah it's good i i i think for the most part like this these two seasons to me had a lot of stuff that i really enjoyed and a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that i also really didn't like mm-hmm. this was the 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 seasons that I think they were starting to throw things at the wall of like okay we kind of need to make our own identity here we need to yeah. get away from just this this spoof of Johnny Coest right we need mm. to start making our own stuff um and for a lot of it it worked out a a, yeah. a, a lot like I I really liked the backstory of Quiz Boy 
I loved that all the is... backstory of like uh, Doctor Girlfriend yes. and all of that stuff. That stuff was fantastic. Those are some of the best episodes. I really love. It's in like my top five: the Invisible Hand of Fate, which is the backstory of Billy Quizboy and Pete mm-hmm. White, who are just these two weird hangers-on that like are friends with Rusty, and you don't know how or why or what they're doing around. And it's an episode about or what or how they even know each other. Why are they friends? Why do they live together in this trailer saying they're doing science things? Yeah, it's their backstory. But I love how tight all of the mythology is in this show in that like everything's laid on top of each other. Everything's mm-hmm. connected. So their backstory is also the backstory for Professor Impossible and, and Phantom Limb and Dr. Girlfriend's in there and uh, Brock and Hunter Gathers and that's the first episode where you meet Shore Leave. It's got OSI, it's got Sphinx. Like It looks like it's going to be just the story of these two odd side characters to begin with. And it is that, and the backstories of like six other things all yeah. at once. Yeah, um, it's it's a fantastic one, too. Mm-hmm. I I I, I kind of liked the like weird underground quiz racket that they like. It's so <laughs> dumb, but it's just like this is like yes, this is this is what I want from this show. Just like yeah. Take the idea of like underground dogfighting or cockfighting and stuff like that. But it's and trivia. just make it something. Yeah, it's trivia. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then then on the opposite side, there there was stuff of like yeah, the inclusion of more Dermot that I was just like, I just mm. don't like him. I I mm. also didn't like uh. Hatred. Hatred is such a weird case. He's like both of them combined. I'm just like, if they leave the show, I will be so happy. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, like they, they, I mean, they they have their moments Mm. is the thing, which is like they, like you, you need them for certain stuff, and they are for better or for worse a part of the family now. Yeah, and. It works because it's development, right? Which is kind of what I want from this show. Like, I don't want it to just be a spoof. Like, I want these characters to grow and change and do Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, And it's just, you know, there's that push and pull of like, well, is it the change that I want them Mm -hmm. to make? Maybe not. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all... It is all going somewhere. Like, that's another odd thing about this story is that the creators just kind of follow their whims. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's an episode we're going to get to in season five where there's... uh, We've briefly met two robot characters. There's one of the people in the Council of Thirteen, who is that Mm -hmm. Guild of Calabitous Intent board of chairmen, basically, who's a robot. I don't think you see him, but, like, you hear his voice, and he's got this very stiff robot intonation. And then, this is also very obscure, if you remember the Captain Sunshine episode, he's talking to that group of superheroes, like his Justice League, kind of, and there's a robot in that. Yeah. There's a whole episode. like, ghost robot dude? Yeah, a ghost in the body of a robot. 
<laughs> There's an episode in season five that's really just about those two robots go on a date with each other. <laughs> now that's kind my of, kind of cartoon. Right, and it kind of turns into something plot relevant, but that's how the show operates. We're going to follow our whims. We're just going to do whatever we want. We yeah. are thinking about a plot, but it might not be our number one priority. We just kind of... We're kind of doing the action figure thing. Like, how can we put all this stuff together into just a fun, weird adventure? And it all does ultimately progress the story, but it's not always obvious what it is it's doing. Or maybe they do just do a one-off episode and then come back. Like, we can take that and turn that into something really relevant to the actual mythology. Yeah. That's good. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, hatred. I figured mm-hmm. out one of the reasons why he kind of works as a character in that he has the actual biggest growth arc from like when we first meet him to where we have left off at the season four finale. Yeah. Like he's not a good guy when we meet him, but he turns and but like he wants to be good. That's true about him. Like he wants to be good, he wants to do better. And he does. He makes, like, real commitments to being a better person. Yeah. And he's still, like, unsettling. But you appreciate that, oh, somebody out there has really tried to do it. Like, in a show full of despicable characters of various kinds, at least you've got one person (laughs) who, like, committed to being a better person and has made great strides in doing that. And I, so, he, on his character, he's, like, I don't they don't say if he's painted or, or if he's tattooed it, but he has the word hatred like written down <laughs> his body. He has an H on his face and the D is right on his dick. And then in the season finale of season four, he's there with a big V on on his face and yeah. they're just like what happened and he's like oh i've changed it uh, and and he's, he's like it now says venture except for the d i kept the d because those, those are tender vittles down there <laughs> <laughs> so oddly enough if i understand that correctly it now says ventured <laughs> which like as you're speaking to like Ventured. he is like a character that has like the most like the the biggest arc like mm-hmm. that's oddly fitting like he has yeah. ventured a long way yes, to, to get where you're where right. he is um but it's just it's so funny <laughs> that's a really great gag there's that is something that i think is ultimately winning about sergeant hatred is that he or as, as they come to call him, Sergeant Vatred, and the boys yeah, yeah. call him Uncle Vatred. <laughs> Uncle Vatred. <laughs> he keeps morphing. Like, he commits 100% to everything. Yeah. Like, he's really enthusiastic. He's really gung-ho. And Brock is great, but Brock definitely has this sort of, I'm too cool for everything. He's kind yeah. of aloof. And Hatred is not that at all. Like, he's in everything. He's so eager <laughs> so let's 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 talk about um brock a bit because i yeah. think that's a good transition to go mm. from hatred who is now uh the like new venture bodyguard trying to uh 
Phil Brock shoes. So this is the thing that I was kind of confused by. I felt like I missed Mm -hmm. something in the the show. Mm -hmm. In the end of season three, there's like this all-out war between Mm. the monarch and the ventures and uh who was the third guy that was there oh phantom limb yes phantom limb he was there um yeah and it's just this big like three-way fight and everyone is dying and getting killed Mm -hmm. and i think this is one of the like major turning points for a lot of the characters of like let's just blow everything up and move on from there um Mm -hmm. but like the episode before that and in that one there's this whole like plot about Brock being like a marked man like he gets fired from the uh, mm. OSI he gets stripped of, of his rank and his license to kill and all of the stuff mm-hmm. and that stuff I got and I understood but the next mm-hmm. time we see him he's a part of Sphinx and I don't remember Sphinx at all it's just like they're a brand new organization. <laughs> I feel like I missed something or like didn't pay. I was okay. like, who are these people? Where did they come from? This does not go back far. This is something they just made up in season three. And it is kind of treated like the characters have known that this is out there in their world. OSI is basically G.I. Joe and right. Sphinx is basically Cobra. And right. there's a bit in uh, The Invisible Hand of Fate when we're going to see young Brock and young Hunter, uh, and they are part of the OSI team fighting Sphinx. And then later it's made to appear that the OSI has turned their backs on Brock, like they have disavowed him to use Mm -hmm. the Mission Impossible terminology. Yeah. (laughs) He is now operating under ghost protocol. (laughs) Then it turns out like that's a ploy and the, the, the friends he had in OSI have now defected and they are being good guys, but under the guise of Sphinx. It is this complicated, like, system of double crosses. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, it It was a really weird thing of, like, I thought Brock was pretty much out of the picture for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uh, Cocktease and her hunter gathers, that's, that's their names, right? No, her um it's the the Black Hearts Club or the Black that's, Hearts Society, right. which is all these female assassins. And Brock's old commander Hunter Gathers has like undergone an operation to infiltrate them, but he's still from the head up compl- exactly the same. He has the like so it's the five o'clock <laughs> shadow <laughs> with a cigar, and then he has yeah. the like the body of some woman. <sighs> like he looks like a pinup, and then from neck up, it is like he's grizzled, and he's got the cigarette clenched in his teeth, and his voice is the same. Yeah. Now you listen to me, Sarge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he has completely infiltrated them. Like nobody knows who I am. Yeah. But uh, I I I don't know if I just like looked out at my phone at the wrong moment, mm-hmm. but for some reason I thought Barack was dead. And like, well, or not dead, dead, but he was like so disavowed and like out of the mm-hmm. picture that he had to. I don't know what, but for some reason, I think season four, episode one, like we mm-hmm. don't see him. 
But then there's one or two things, I think, in that and maybe episode two, I don't remember exactly, mm. that made me think, what if he's time tra- traveling? No, no. here's the deal with season four, episode one, which when I first watched it, I was confused. And then I went back and I like got a notebook out and charted what was happening in that episode. Oh my God, you love this show. <laughs> because it's the Brock storyline, which is going chronologically beginning uh, from earlier to later. And then right. that is intercut with the Venture family storyline, which is going reverse chronologically from later to earlier. What the hell? That's what's happening. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. And then I think I'm it's like so in the confused. coda of the episode <laughs> that things like link back up again. Yeah. So Brock, he's on the run. Uh, the $6 million man in Bigfoot help him out. That yeah. surgeon helps him out. That guy's back. And yeah, then he does end up meeting up with Sphinx, who is Hunter Gathers and in uh, Shore Leave and all these other assorted guys. Like the guys from the OSI and the guys from Sphinx kind of, some of them came together and are, they have a new like super secret heroism operation under the name of Sphinx. To kind of yeah. keep it secret and fool people, it is a little bit fuzzy. I, I don't think you need to pay super close attention to it. it like was it just, does keep showing up, but it was just one of those things that I, I, I was like, oh, it looks like they're about to do some kind of like time tra- travel storyline for no. b- 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 Barack. Like he's this now like rogue a- 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 agent having to figure out all of this stuff like how did this happen where did mm. it go wrong and he like i i i, I thought his parts were gonna be like him going back in time doing like secret spy stuff and we would get like old episodes with like a new perspective but then like Ooh, that episode cool. three and and on was like no i guess that's not the case huh yeah okay. it wasn't time travel it was just one episode edited weird yeah, so that that messed me up. For, for Which a and sec. it also is but this like cool like comic. It has a cool comic book framing device to it. Like every mm-hmm. time we see Brock, like it has this like splash page of him with a title of like an old comic book. Like he's sneaking around through the water, and it says the Submariner. Yeah. Tales to Astonish or all of these things. Like there's an old comic book title pulled to kind of like title the individual scene that Brock is in. And then over on the Venture side, Hitchman 21 has traded Dr. Venture uh, a, a super rare like 10 on the CGC scale like comic book in exchange for can you clone Hitchman 24 for me? <laughs> so you're watching that story progress like you when you're introduced to the story somebody's reading a comic book and there's a little sign in the corner of the screen that says like 0.00 dollars and as the story keeps going backwards you see that comic rising in value so you're seeing like oh you had this prize comic that got destroyed and we're walking back through time to see how it got destroyed so you keep seeing that graphic flash at the side of the screen like 7.5 uh (laughs) dollars. Yeah, it's good. I I I think it was also a good start to this season in the sense that season four is really when they start to lean more into the like superhero spoofs and, and yeah. stuff like that. 
like I, I think I think it was season four that we saw that that was was that the one that we saw the double episode that was Hank and Dean that each have their own day or was yeah, that that's season towards, three? No, that's towards the end of season four. Okay, so yeah, because um, yeah, we have that stuff. So we 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 see um, what's his name now, Mister Impossible. He, yeah, she uh, changed his name. Yes, Doctor Impossible, and then when he becomes a supervillain, he's like, "I'm thinking, Doctor Incorrigible, <laughs> Doctor uh, Insidious." Yeah, but he, he like he changes his whole persona. We see mm. that like Spider Man knockoff that shoots webs yes. out of his butt and loves hanging, and he's <laughs> he's gonna be Rusty Venture in the onstage. Yes on the on on stage play mm-hmm. um which has that like weird like there's spider-man the musical and here's a spider-man right, like, like kind of acknowledging spider-man turn off the dark <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that that was good I, mm-hmm. I i liked that um trying to think i i feel like i remember more of season four than i do of season three Mm-hmm. I think season four, the show really picks up in season four. Like season, the There's previous seasons are happens. all good. I think it keeps getting better from like season one. Season one still very much this is a Johnny Quest pastiche. Season two adds a little bit more. Season three adds more, and I feel like season four is kind of where it locks in and it's a lot more of its own thing. Yeah. And you remember I said in the last episode we did on this that. Uh, like I'd seen bits and pieces of the show before and then season four is airing while I'm in college and I've got Adult Swim just on my dorm TV all the time to like keep me company while I'm up at night studying and I was catching more full episodes and I said there was something I noticed in season four that was like a fallout of a major event that like I didn't know the show was ever going to do or take seriously. And it really made me like re-examine the show and think I have to start watching this thing from the beginning. Yeah. That's the death of henchman 24. And the fact that henchman 21 is devastated and like really (laughs) figuring out like what his life is. Did somebody murder his best friend? What's his standing as a henchman now? And he kind of turns into Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's gone from this like big soft nerd to this big, bulky nerd who's on like yeah. a revenge mission like that really took me aback i think it was um return to malice the episode where he like okay. kidnaps hank and dean and like holds them hostage in a tree house <laughs> to He's try and trying like, to like chinese water torture them and they're just like this like, is really annoying yeah this is just <laughs> when can like we a, go home? a weird drippy pipe we're just wet yeah <laughs> and to find out if they know anything about 24's death like, I think that was the first episode I stopped and, like, really watched having some context for the previous episodes yeah. of the show. And I'm like, oh, this is real emotion. Like, this isn't just, like, jokes and pop culture spoof. Like, they are they ha- are taking characters on real journeys here. Yeah. I want to watch this whole thing and see how this plays out. Yeah. Do, um, well, I guess I don't want you to spoil things. Mm-hmm. But, like... We also don't get much of the like alternate universe stuff at the <laughs> end of those two companion <laughs> episodes. 
we get the like alternate universe Dr. Venger who still has hair and is a successful Broadway like, star. Our Dr. Venture has like tried to like kill him with a rock and take his place in this, you know, Earth 2 Dr. Venture like shoves him back into the He's portal. Like, and our Dr. Venture's like, fine, I don't want to live in your dimension anyway. It's an asshole dimension. <laughs> it's yeah, one of like, the it's one Go of ahead. the best gags in the show, just as like a way to end an episode where like everybody comes to Hank's ends with like this alternate Dr. Venture stepping through a portal and a giant question mark flashes on the screen. And then the end of the companion episode of uh, Bright Lights yeah. Dean City is that he steps in, throws in the old Dr. Venture and is like, don't come back here. And he's like, fine, I don't want to. It's so good. It's... It's such a good joke, and it is really frustrating on, like, a plot level of, no, I want to see what's over there. Yeah, so that's the, the next thing I kind of wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. As as you mentioned, the cast list, all the characters start to expand. We get more characters. Yeah. We learn more about them. And it kind of dilutes the screen time that we get with the yeah. actual ventures, with them as a family and and stuff um and that was maybe one of the things that i didn't like Mm. overall is i wanted more about this family and i i saw that like oh we're now exploring the multiverse yeah as in like i can still explore that family and still have it be different and like change it Mm -hmm. up and they can change up the formula and stuff but then we don't get more of that or we don't just get more of the like regular family Mm -hmm. um that i like i remember i don't remember which episode it was it was like end of season four ish it was the one where it's like the roman gladiator stuff oh every which way but zeus yeah that's one of my faves i i didn't like that one I really, I was really j- j- just like, I-, I don't like this. Get me back to like the original formula. So you're less of a fan of the really weird outside like side episodes where we're gonna bring in all of this extra like world building stuff that doesn't really have any effect on like the main plot of the family. Kind of like okay, the, I really like world b- 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 mm. building, and I want them to do that but Mm. i want them to do it kind of it like within like they they have something so good with that spoof of 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 just like hey this is let's take all the like hannah barbara characters let's mix Mm. in some scooby-doo like they have some fantastic stuff with that and then i like the way that they did the backstories of all of these characters of like that's how we start mixing in our own mythology mm-hmm. and how all of that mixes in and then to see that move forward from there i would have really liked but yeah when when they do the more outlandish stuff where it's like let's go to this like roman gladiator stuff i'm just like this doesn't fit the rest of the formula to this me. Is- like it's fun but yeah. it's just like, I, this is not the show that I want. I think this is something season four does is break away from that formula, from the Johnny Quest formula, right. which lingers which up through season three. And we still is see overall a good time. thing. 
there is a, a fairly Johnny Questish episode next season. But yeah, it does sort of become a, a little bit wilder and a little bit weirder. I'll tell you what I really like about Every Which Way But Zeus is so my favorite characters are Billy and White. Yeah. And so there's this Zeus entity that is going around kidnapping like uh, sidekicks and hench people and like, you know, uh, butler, like the Alfreds of the world, like all the support staff of the world. Mm-hmm. And it goes to get uh, Billy and White and doesn't know like how to categorize them. And it's pitting all these different people against each other. Here's like a Robin versus like, you know, uh, some hinge person yeah. <laughs> versus like Cobra Commander Goon number two. Yeah. And it's like, this is henchman 21, henchman living under the villain, the monarch. And you're given this big speech to introduce like your heroic or villainous lineage kind and of. And in this corner, we have... And this Coliseum battle pits Billy and White against each other, and they're introduced as <laughs> living as a sidekick under the hero Billy Quiz Boy, it's Pete White. And living <laughs> as a henchman under the villain Pete White, it's Billy Quiz Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just start arguing with each other, and like the guy organizing this like, whole Coliseum fighting. Start fighting! Start <laughs> fighting! Yeah, stop fighting each other and start fighting each other. <laughs> I love that. I love that their pairing is like in I like that it sort of explores how these two have like they don't fit into any of the normal yeah. molds of this show. It's weird like their relationship to each other and to the world as a whole is weird and that they're not really clearly heroes or villains and or like one of them's more powerful than the other like they're just sort of these oddities. Yeah. I love whenever the show explores those two and whatever they have going on. And the B plot to this episode is that Dr. Venture is convinced because all these scientists are also being kidnapped to kind of mm-hmm. support the, it, it, I think it was like, I don't think Zeus is taking uh, and henchman one are taking the, the scientists. I think it is like OSI, like the Thunderbolt Ross guy is taking yeah all of these scientists to try and figure out what's that Zeus thing over there. So you've got like two threads of kidnappings going on in this episode. And Dr. Venture is convinced they're going to kidnap him. And he's like, I will not have them coming in here and hurting my family. So he sets himself on a lawn chair on the driveway (laughs) with a sign that says Dr. Rusty Venture from the Rusty Venture TV show. Like he's ready to be kidnapped. You don't have to hurt his family at all. And the boys in hatred are like, oh, he was so pathetic out there. We know if somebody wanted him, they would have come for him already. <laughs> so like they pretend to kidnap him. And Dr. Venture, like he's blindfolded, he's tied to a chair and he's trying to make all these deals like, well, don't hurt Dean. I guess if you have to hurt one of them, you could hurt Hank. And Hank is, he's got like a, a Hulk mask on. Yeah, one of those with Hulk a masks voice changer. Distort, <laughs> distorts your voice. And he's like, well, why don't you love Hank? <laughs> and Dr. Venture gives this whole speech about like, I said, go ahead and hurt Hank because I know Hank could take it and Dean couldn't. Like, yeah. Hank is me. Like, everybody thinks Dean is me, but no, it's Hank. Like, I always wanted out of the boy adventure universe. I wanted to be my own man. I wanted to do something else. And I got trapped in it. Yeah. I'm not getting out, but Hank still could. I look at Hank and I see myself and I I feel so sympathetic. It hurts. Like he gives a speech kind of like that. So we don't, 
there's no plot forward momentum for the Venture family. We don't learn more about who is the boy's mother. Yeah, what happened with Jonas and whoever Rusty's mom is. No, but we do get these really neat character moments still sprinkled throughout all of these weird one-shot episodes. Which is like, I I can't fault it for that Mm -hmm. because it has some of those fantastic moments. I think it was just that like specific setting that it took me out of things and i was just like yeah i don't i don't like this like one of my favorite moments in Mm. this seasons that we just watched was when all of the former like boy adventurers and sidekicks team up and it's like they are solving the mystery i'm like this is great it's like that is a good one there's johnny Quest, there's Astro Boy, there's the right? Hardy Boys, like they're all right there. Like this is great, and mm-hmm. like that—that that is the, the 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 stuff that I think they play with so well. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, give me more of that. Give me more of the adventures in that kind of spoof world. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, I want them to get out of that at the same time like don't let that hold you back and so i mm. like when they go on and explore but it's, yeah it's just one of those things it's like i love it but i hate it like good <laughs> you're branching out but that's the wrong branch i think yeah, i don't know no i kind i kind of get what you're saying like there is something to we are taking this basic structure of these old cartoon tropes you know and love and we are deepening them yeah. Like we are adding like real texture onto these characters, which is something like the boy adventurer support group episode does. But <laughs> I, I can't Such understand where one. that becomes less satisfying when it breaks so outside of that structure that there isn't anything really recognizable as like we are updating this old storyline. It, right. it, it gets like too wild and new that you don't have like, a a handhold back to that original starting point yeah yeah i I mean i i I feel like i'm talking in circles here because at at the same time it's just like but i want you to break out and (laughs) and do that so i don't know there's it's a a conundrum Mm, this this run of seasons, particularly like the second half of season four, like from the Zeus episode to the prom episode, sure. is some of my absolute favorites, including, uh, again, probably into my top five, maybe top three of episodes, Assisted Suicide, which is the one where the monarch is like astral projecting in not... Well, it's not magic. It's more science because then Orpheus comes in and does all the magic. Like he's got some sort of a helmet on that is allowing him to be inside Venture's mind. And it is visualized like, yeah, there's just a little monarch climbing around in his brain, like putting (laughs) Dr. Venture in this catatonic state to try and get him to kill himself. Like he's going to make his own arch enemy murder himself. (laughs) And it'll look like he's completely clean that the monarch never did anything at all. Which is a great one. That was That's one of my one. faves. I love well, I love Orpheus just wandering around in like Rusty's brain, seeing all these like visualizations of the things that haunt him. I yeah, love that he's all being of the, haunted like, by d- d- dead Hank and Dean yes. zombies. That was great. That's I love it. <laughs> so good. I was just like, yeah, that would probably be traumatic to have like seen them or known that they have d- d- died multiple multiple times 
This is something I really wish we got more of because it's... Is it the season two finale or the season three finale that ends with Dr. Venture has to send all of the clones out as an army? It's end of season three because that's the big fight. Right, yes, yes. And the end of season two is the wedding and I don't think they get back to the Venture compound. That's right. Yeah. Those episodes are called Showdown at Cremation Creek. They're at Cremation yeah. Creek. They're not at the Venture Compound. Okay. So, yeah, it's the end of season three that he has to send all the clones out into battle because they just need, like, extra bodies to, like, wage this war. Like, yeah. just shoot them. If you're shooting this clone, you're not shooting the real boys. And I think that equipment ends up getting destroyed or something. But he finds himself at, I have no more safety nets. The boys are the boys. If we lose these ones, we're done. We're no done. more Hanker yeah. Dean. And I wish we got to see more of the emotional fallout from that, of how is Dr. Venture's life different? Like, I think there's a couple, like, throwaway lines about, now you boys be careful or something like that. But I I wanted something a little bit more dramatic, a little bit more introspective of how am I living my life differently? How am I parenting differently knowing that? Right. I'm back to being a regular dad. I don't have like backups of my kids. I can re-upload. No more boy adventuring. Parent. Right. I really wanted to see how that made him different. And it doesn't seem like it did. This is something I noticed on this watch through. I think because I am watching everything so close together. I love Rusty Venture. I don't know if he's that different at the season four finale from who he was in the season one premiere. Not really. At, He's at really not interesting. In a way that has been yeah. visible. Yeah, like there's not a lot of payoff yet. Like he's a really interesting character. He does interesting things, but I don't know if there's like a neatly, uh, like there's a neatly drawn out arc that you can see at this time. Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the orb next. Oh, that's that's introduced. I think in season three. Yes. Um, and then it that plot line kind of continues on through season four and is still mm-hmm. kind of continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was an interesting one because that gives the whole world kind of a, a, a big, what I thought was maybe the first major twist of the show. Yeah. Where it was like, hey, there's actually something else happening underneath the surface mm-hmm. here. Um, which it's kind of the origins of the uh, OSI and the Guild of Calamitous Intent. Um, Mm. But help help me out with this. So there's this mystical orb that has a lot of power. What exactly does it do? Do we know yet? No. (laughs) So this... The whole thing starts with Billy Quizboy watching old episodes of the Rusty Fincher cartoon series. Which is great. And he thinks he's noticed a subliminal message that, like, keys into this giant series of clues. Like, he's found an alternate reality game. And the clues point to, like, this one set of coordinates on the Venture property. And then, like, Brock confesses, like... uh, when When I was hired to watch over Doc and the boys... I was also really hired to look over that patch of land. Like, I was hired to look over something on the property also and keep it secret and never tell anybody. 
And that leads them to this whole uh, uh, treasure hunt chase through all these clues to this orb, this mysterious orb that apparently like the uh, Rusty's grandpa or great grandpa had something to do with. And it goes, it's been protected by the series of venture uh, bodyguards, mm-hmm. this mysterious orb. And then it does show up later in another episode in season four. And it looks like the orb was always broken to begin with. And it is just sort of a piece of hollow machinery now. Yeah. And the real orb and uh, it, they kind of keep changing it like orb, orb, a circle, orb, an acronym for orders regarding bodyguard. Like this is the secret code <laughs> that Brock is living with. And yeah. then it, I think it ends up being Operation Rusty's Blanket. Just watch out for Rusty. Just make sure Rusty's safe. Just tuck him in at night. Make sure he's safe. Yeah. So Orb uh, is kind of something that like seems like it's going to be very big, and then they kind of underplay it. And you don't know if, like, is the, are we done with Orb? Is Orb coming back? So it's kind of like Walt from Lost. Yes. <laughs> That's a good comparison. Where it's just like, oh, he's going to be major. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he hit puberty and he's just not on the show anymore. <laughs> or like Aaron, where it seems like Aaron is really going to be something. And then it's like, yeah. does this no. kid do anything special? He's just baby. He's just baby. He is boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it, like, it's still, it's still one of those things where it kind of reveals this, like, secret nature mm. about what is yes. g- g- going on despite it not really turning out to be much of mm-hmm. anything. And I, I liked that about the show. And I, I liked that about Brock's character, where, where it's like, oh, he's not actually there to necessarily be a bodyguard. Yeah. He is, but, like, his number one priority is to just make sure that this thing is not activated. He doesn't mm-hmm. even know what this thing is is yet but he knows he's supposed to keep it away from them Mm. um so yeah like i i i like that like that is the kind of world building and backstory that i really like because it fits within all of the tropes that they're playing off of but it's something new like it's it's something completely original to them Mm. um that, that i think helps kind of take it maybe baby steps away yeah. from the the, the 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 whole like boy adventure <laughs> trope but i like i like that because if you keep doing that you get enough of these small steps away where it's like mm-hmm. okay i still see where this started from and it's, i still see where it came from but now it's its own thing yeah so i i like stuff like that within Mm -hmm. the show that's this show does introduce a lot of really interesting things and then it doesn't always take the conventional way that you would expect like it kind of doesn't play by usual narrative rules like Mm -hmm. you remember the end of the season two finale right or it's it's doctor uh it's a the monarch and the new doctor misses the monarch and they've like escaped from all this chaos and they're kind of on their honeymoon, whatever. And yeah. She's like, okay, okay, Sheila, you said you would confess and you have to tell him monarch. I, and then it cuts to like the outside of the, whatever the capsule is they've escaped in. And he just shouts, what? And it's, <laughs> uh, 
it seems like that would lead to monarch. I'm pregnant. And then it's like, oh, is it his baby? Is it Phantom Limb's baby? What is it? Yeah. And then the next episode picks up with they're in the middle of this giant fight against all these like guild henchmen. And then the guild takes them in and the guild questions them. And that's when we get their backstory. And it turns out that she had applied for the dual, uh, the dual villain ship. We're like, I, we are going to be a partnership instead yeah. of villain and henchwoman. And then they go through this whole like second marriage. Like they go through like a villain partnership marriage. That's this whole ceremony is really cool. I want to get married like that. And it's a neat thing that ends up. Melissa as a villain. (laughs) But you look at the starting point and it's like, I don't know if these necessarily connect to each other. Mm -hmm. Like it, it goes in a direction that works, but really does not seem like the neatest next answer to the thing that they had initially set up. Yeah. Which is a little frustrating in that, like, but also really interesting in that you can see lots of directions that the show is going to go and there are directions that would make a lot of sense and would like thematically and plot wise, like tie things together and then instead, the show might be like, well, here's the episode about the two robots who go on the date. Like, it's all really interesting. And it's all, like, cool and new. And it ends up being something really neat. But you don't know if it's what you had been expecting. Like, what you would see yeah. any other show setting up and paying off. Their payoff doesn't always make sense for what the setup was. Yeah. Can can we talk about the Guild of Calamitous Intent? Because sure. th- this whole, like villain bureaucracy is maybe mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of this entire show i i do love it it is so good that there are like <laughs> rules and bylaws and like yeah. contracts tra- 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 that they have to abide by and it just causes everyone problems and it's so great i love it I lo- <laughs> yeah and it's so it's like designed to try and help you to make sure that like you aren't a low grade villain matched up with a super powerful hero to make sure like everybody's evenly matched. There are rules. Yes, you can kill each other, but only under the parameters we've all already agreed to. It's like the villains unionized when they realized that they weren't gonna like, like this, this isn't happening. The good guys keep baiting us Mm. and stuff and so they like gathered together they teamed up and they created this like organization that Mm -hmm. it was just like let's make this better for everyone so we can all succeed at being villains and it just turned out to be the worst possible (laughs) incarnation of that (laughs) and like the chair people just keep like yelling at each other and i love the setup of the actual like guild building where it's all these like silhouettes that appear on screen and nobody knows where the other people are it's and something like it you would see with... in in get smart and yes it, yeah and they're all at the same building like in the mm-hmm. same like hall <laughs> like they don't know they're all like one room away from each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> And also, like, they can't see each other. And that's one of, like, that's a uh, a scheme Phantom Lim has where he starts turning off, like, the silhouette feature. And so it's like, um, I can actually see Councilman Seven's face. Something's wrong. Yeah. So, I yeah, I I like that stuff. I liked the bits where, like, Mm -hmm. 
Monarch was just about to, to, to get Dr. Venture. Yeah. And then he's like, I have therapy in half an hour. You can't do this. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, God damn it. That's against the rules. Like, I, mm-hmm. like I, I have to let him go. And he's like, next yeah. time, Dr. Venture. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you can get out of it by going to therapy? That's great. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, oh, well, there is a, a physical and mental health clause. You do have to let your arch go if they have a scheduled appointment through like a guild approved provider. <laughs> yeah. It's and don't so they, like, great. And like, oh, and that's um No, no, it's in the uh the Handsome Ransom episode, the Captain Sunshine one, where like they've kidnapped Hank and then like Captain Sunshine steals Hank and they have to confess to Dr. Venture, like, look, I know we arranged this entire hostage setup. We don't have him. We just gave you a henchman in Hank's clothes with a back over his head and we <laughs> hoped you wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> but like it 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 keeps coming up in small ways. Yeah. Just as these like stupid obstacles just to make things mm-hmm. that much fun funnier of like well he could yeah. just like go shoot them at, or, or, or like <laughs> go destroy the compound oh but no uh-huh. there's this one like yeah bylaw yeah. that says, says hey on tuesdays you can't do that so you have to wait <laughs> un- until t- tomorrow but then the window is passed and you, you know it's yeah. just like ugh. it's like that that's that's so good i love that j- joke that's you, i think one of my favorite things of this whole show m- more of that in seasons five and six more like weird complicated villain bureaucracy it's great what you are and are not allowed to do i love that this is how everybody operates except for phantom limb that's why he's the scariest because like all of the villains agreed we will abide by these rules like we will we will do our jobs under set parameters this is organized chaos and he's like no this is disorganized chaos yeah he has no regard for anything and they kind of take it a step further with all of the conversations between the like gale henchmen that like especially in the prom episode when they're trying to figure out what a rusty venture is what the sex move is and it's like it's one of the stupidest gags but it's 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 just like you hear these conversations between all of these different henchmen and it's like, you know what? That actually feels really real. Like that yes. feels like what they would talk about, and just like the stupid stuff. Like, no, I, 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 I heard it was this one thing back when I was in college, and uh, yes. that's not what I did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think it's I so love- bored, just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> that they're talking about these dumb sex moves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that bit. That's one of my favorite joke sequences and that it has to go through like <laughs> six or seven different people. And I think it's like Rusty with like Shoreleave and the Alchemist and they can't agree. And Shoreleave calls up Colonel Gentleman. And it's like, how do you know Colonel Gentleman? And then yeah. somebody calls Watch and Ward. I'm like who knows to call them? This is what I like about this cast expanding is that you keep finding all of these weird connecting points between like disparate characters where it's like, how do you know each other? (laughs) I love the episodes where there's just too many people around. This is why I love assisted suicide. I love that the initial plot for that episode is everybody's just having a football game on the lawn 
And then Dr. Venture starts trying to mysteriously kill himself. But the football game is still going on. Shoreleaf yeah. is still wandering around in like his, his sports t-shirt. He's still there. And Dr. Venture, when he wakes up at the end, he's like, all right, Brock do this, Hatred do this, boys, you know, get over there. Shoreleaf, I, I don't know, do something useful, Shoreleaf. <laughs> and what is this thing strapped to my chest? Yes. <laughs> I love just how you keep piling on these hangers on to the Venture family. It's like, well, it's a father and his two boys and their bodyguard and their robot. You can't forget Helper. Helper is precious. Yeah. And, it's and like, their well, second they... bodyguard. And then yeah, the and then friend the... of the first bodyguard. Yeah, and then there's the wizard who lives uh, on the property. And then the, the wizard's <laughs> other friend. And then just and like his uh, daughter and... the dad's friend from college and a trivia game show contestant he started living with. Yeah. Like, everything's so tenuous, but, like, so tight. This was a random thought, but also in the prom episode, Mm -hmm. can we talk about the moment that they go pick up their dates, and they (laughs) go to the one house, and the male woman is is walking home, and she's like, oh, no, not you again. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm 43, I don't have time for this, stop asking me to. Your prom. <laughs> yeah. And then, it's like, so... Dur- Dermot is his prom date. <laughs> and the funny thing is, with that, when 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 he says that, mm-hmm. that's the one t- time where he's like, well, that's, that's gay. Like, it's the one time he does not say that. It's like, mm-hmm. huh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Because he's always like, this is gay. I hate this. Yeah, blah, but he's blah, blah. like, yeah, I'll be your prom date, sure. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, sure. It's like. He's like, we just have to go home so that I can like change into my tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that when is... did seasons three and four come out? Uh, season four was, it started airing and I think like. Late 2009 or like early 2010. Yeah, and then it it aired through like 2011. Season four changes up the production schedule of the show, where the first three seasons were all like 12 or 13 episode orders, and then season four is a 16 episode order split into two like eight episode mini seasons. Like the diving bell and the butter glider was like the season four part two premiere. Yeah. And then I think seasons uh, five, six, and seven are all like shorter eight or ten episode orders. We also start getting, this is helpful for you, these in-between season kind of bonus episodes that are still plot relevant. Like the season, what Hulu lists as the season five premiere is an episode called uh, A Very Venture Halloween. That aired like months before. That was like kind of right in the middle of the hiatus between seasons four and five. Interesting. So it's just like they're holiday special mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very important though like okay. these bonus episodes aren't really bonuses like they do have plot relevant things like the halloween episode is surprisingly pivotal to the series <laughs> there's also a 15 minute real bonus episode i don't think it's on hulu i looked around and it wasn't in the regular episodes or in like the extras category but i watched it on my dvd set 
And it's a 15 minute like fake behind the music documentary on Hank and Dermot's band Shallow Gravy. And it I'm, has a full music video for their I'm song looking about at, jackets. <laughs> I'm looking at Wikipedia right now and it's mm. entitled From the Lady to the Grave, the from story the of Shallow Gravy. <laughs> oh, from the ladle to the grave, yeah. It's, that song it's is so really weird. It's it's mostly just like a, a fun side thing, except that during all of these like uh, behind the music interviews, like somebody and the interviewer or whoever we don't see who it is is like talking to Doctor Venture, and he's like, "Wait a minute, what did you say this kid's last name was? Fictal, and he's seventeen now. Oh God, <laughs> he realizes, oh that's my son." My son has found his way back into my family. <laughs> That's so funny. really what this brings us is that uh, Dr. Venture is aware of it now. He knows that is his son. Okay. Yes. Good, good so to know. that's something important to know going into this. Good to know. There's like also a couple choice bits in that special where like this voiceover is saying, the day they met, Hank and Dermot discovered that they shared a father. And that father's name was Rock and Roll. <laughs> or Dr. Venture's talking about um, when Helper exploded in that giant battle at the end of season three, and then he remade Helper into a walking eye. And he mm -hmm. says, like, when a member of your family explodes, what do you do? Cry about it? No, you rebuild him. That's the Venture way. <laughs> it just speaks um, to every time you've <laughs> resurrected your boys out of clones. Yeah, I I just looked it up on YouTube. You can watch the music video Ooh. and stuff like that of the, the music video is worth watching. Jacket. I, it looks like you can purchase the uh, special. It mm. says you can buy it, but I don't see see it anywhere else on there. So huh. weird. Oh, Maybe well. that's like just on the DVD now. DVD exclusive. Well, it's a Blu-ray. I I got that is the Blu -ray first season exclusive. <laughs> that is the first season that first came out on Blu-ray instead of DVD. We can put more on here. Let's put this on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Operation Prom. There have been two-parter episodes before, but Operation Prom is the series' first hour-long episode. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, and they do two more of those throughout the the upcoming seasons. Okay, and I really yeah. like to see them. I like this extra breathing room that they get. I I was about to watch it Friday night. Mhm. Mm um but I had plans. I was like, "Oh, I I have like half an hour. I can watch the, mm -hmm. you know, watch this." And I looked at the thing. I was like, "Oh, it's like 40 minutes." Yeah. Uh I'll watch it tomorrow. So I watched it mm -hmm. yesterday. But uh yeah. It was good. Mm -hmm. I like that one a lot. And yeah. it, that, that one was a, a, a good episode for 21. Yes. Um, where he is like finally learning to move on and I... not have the ghost of 24 haunting him. That is one of my favorite tricks the series ever pulls on you like you keep seeing um 24's ghost talking to 21 and mm -hmm. you think 
exactly what 21 thinks. Like, this is my friend's ghost just following me around. And every other wild thing in the show would lead you to believe, yeah, that's a ghost. And 24 starts bringing in the ghosts of other dead people. Like, yeah, I met President Harry S. Truman. Yeah. (laughs) And he brings in a man from a music video from this 90s band called Arrested Development. He's like, yeah, I've got Mr. Wendell, you know, from the Arrested Development music video. (laughs) So he's like, it's like a ghost he's met in the afterlife. And then 21 mentions him later at the prom. And then Orpheus is like, I think he's still alive. Jefferson, isn't Baba OJ still alive? Jefferson's like, yeah, I know that guy. You want me to call him up? You want me to invite him to prom? He's a great time. And then 21 realizes, I couldn't have been seeing the ghost of a man who isn't dead yet. This ghost thing isn't real. My best friend's ghost hasn't been talking to me. I have been imagining the whole thing. I have been losing yeah. my mind. And he breaks down crying in Orpheus's arms, and Orpheus just holds him. And then it's Jefferson so and like one of the prostitutes hired for the party also come over. It's just this big drunk hug. It's great. It's such a good moment. And I love that's what this this show does. A lot of pop, not just like the pop culture pastiches of these are references to Johnny Quest or Scooby Doo or right. Star Wars or Hardy Boys or something. It does a lot of little pop culture references. Like the they show had a was just g- g- Gundam reference mm-hmm. in in there. That I don't know if you caught the Sphinx like- spaceship is is oh. white ba- 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 is white base from Mobile oh. Suit g- Gundam. Oh, it's neat. like the exact same design. It was just like, oh, oh. I, I recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> and when uh, in assisted suicide, when the monarch is like inside Dr. Venture's head in like that uh-huh. control room, that control room is designed to look like the hatch from Lost. Yeah. 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 That but, was a good uh, I one. love that this very important character development moment where 21 realizes I I have not been talking to my best friend's ghost. I've been hallucinating him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Is entirely relying on a minor <laughs> like an actor in a 90s music video for a band most people don't remember. <laughs> this yeah. is the linchpin of the entire thing. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I actually have much else to say about these two seasons i think we've covered most of it Mm -hmm. what are you expecting to see as the show continues because when we come back next time we will have finished everything of the show released to date we're going to be watching the next three seasons and that will completely catch us up yeah what are you expecting or hoping to see well they still haven't touched on my theory that mm-hmm. somehow Dr. Venture and the Monarch are actually related there, or there clones is a, or There is something. the bit in the season, in the prom episode where the Monarch shows up and Hatred's at the door like, well, you got to meet the dress code. And he looks him up and down and says, you're about a size doc. And then he makes him change into one of Doc's suits to go to prom. Yeah. So, so they kind of like, hints at it. Like they're yeah. playing off that expectation at least. Yeah. So I still have that expectation Mm -hmm. that like there just has to be something like it's now almost a joke that they like haven't talked about about it yet where it's just like they have the same face the same facial hair (laughs) 
the same nose, the same, like, come on, guys, talk about mm. this. And they just yes. don't mention it. And it's just like, okay, this is funny. And we funny. continue to not know anything about the boy's mother. And we continue right. to not know anything about Rusty's mother, which is something, like I mentioned last episode, they talk about how they don't talk about Hank and Dean's mom. But Rusty's mom does not come up. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a couple generations back, a lot of pieces of the venture life that is missing. Yeah, there is, there is that stuff. Uh, I really want to see what Phantom Limb does with his new, yeah. like, revenge squad. Mm-hmm. Whatever they're called. The revenge like you, you, society. The revenge society. Yeah. Cause they're, they're like, they they are now like the wild card of mm-hmm. like we we have the venture family and we have the guild of calamitous intent with the monarch and whoever else and like they are very rule driven and then here's this wild car that is like let's not follow the rules let's just do whatever yeah. we want and it's just like okay what are they gonna do next let's see that mm-hmm. so i'm excited for all of that yeah, yeah, and I agree with you that I want to see more of the the Venture family themselves, mm-hmm. like they're in, including Dermot. I want more stuff about all the Blood Ventures, yeah. and like Rusty confronting that he has this son. You know, Dermot r- realizing that, that this is his Blood family, and he's accidentally befriended his brother, which is kind of sweet and magical. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who knows. Maybe yeah. we'll get a guest appearance by the ghost of Abraham Lincoln once more. <laughs> Heck, we could. <laughs> yeah, who are your favorite, like, really tiny side characters that you're hoping might pop up again? Um, I liked the... Oh, God, why am I blanking on her name? Not the Hardy Boys, the girl version. Oh, the the Quim Twins. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm blanking yeah. on the name that they're a spoof on, though. The, their names are Nancy and Drew. <laughs> yes, Nancy and Drew. <laughs> there it is. Like, I, I would like to see them come back. Um, I would like to see more of the, like, boy adventurers teaming up uh-huh. together to actually go on a adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I... I'm trying to think of like what else haven't they pulled on? Like what kind of boy adventuring, girl mm. adventuring they haven't? Like is is there something more modern that they haven't that they've touched on? Oh, oh, I don't know. Maybe just like Power Rangers. Maybe. Like I think they have it like the because of the yeah g- maybe the generations more of like of a creators. Japanese influence. Yeah, yeah. Of stuff would be neat. Mm-hmm. A Gundam pilot. We had a little you know, bit of Ultron need, action. Detective we Conan. More. <laughs> we need a Detective Conan for That's reference. more or less Billy. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking yeah. forward to the next uh, couple of seasons after mm-hmm. that. Uh, speaking of which, like you yes. mentioned, we are... Uh, going to be watching the next three seasons uh-huh. uh, not just the next two we've been watching two at a time uh but the next two seasons 
five and six are both eight episodes, and then season seven is uh, ten. I think they are. Uh, when you add in these extra, like in between season episodes, they're like nine, nine, and ten. So okay. the next, uh, we're going to be watching twenty-eight different episodes over the next month, which is actually less than we watched this past month. Yeah. So that'll be good. I'm yeah. excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of last words to uh, go out on? I love Brick Frog. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, you know what I just thought of? What? I don't think we ever found out what happened to Human Torch after he escaped. Oh, heck yeah. Where is he at? He just ran off. You're right, where is Human Torch? All that and more coming up on Venture Bros Part 3. <laughs> cool. Um, Next week, yes. Melissa, what are we up to? We are watching season one of the Amazon Prime original series, The Tick, which yeah. is neat in that uh, the creator, Ben Edlund, has, is friends with the creators of the Venture Brothers and has written one of the episodes. And I think this is where Jackson Public got his start years ago on some previous version of The Tick. Uh, yeah, I saw something about that in um, in the Wikipedia page. Where was it? Development. Show creator McCulloch. Uh, was one of the main writers for the Saturday morning animated series, The T- The Tick. He mm-hmm. created Venture Burroughs storyline prior to 2000. After working for the television program Sheep in the Big City. And the oh, live- he used to work on Sheep in the Big City? And the live action version of The of the Tick. McCullough uh, is set to t- turning Venture Brothers into an animated series. Um, and I yeah, that, love that is cheap in the big city. That original makes a lot live of sense. action version of yeah. the tick. Yeah, that's the the old Patrick Warburton one that I think was on Fox, which is amazing, and I would love to watch at some point in the future. But for right now, we're watching the new Amazon Prime version, starring Peter Serafinowicz and Griffin Newman as the Tick and Arthur. Yeah. Now, are are we watching season one, or are we watching both? seasons because it's Um, only two like short seasons right yeah i was thinking that we would just watch season one because we are also working on through venture brothers at the same time i didn't want us to have like too much to watch because if i think it's like eight episodes and like six episodes or something like that like they are both kind of small but if we were if we're cutting down like the number of ventures we have to watch over the next month, we would be watching like however much of the tick plus seven episodes of ventures to keep on track. Gotcha. So okay. I'd like to watch season two. I think just with this extra thing it, that might overcrowd our weeks. There you go. That works for me. Mm-hmm. Season one of the tick, which I believe, well, says episodes. There's 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, for season one what does it say for season two season two is 10 yeah okay so we'll stick to season Mm -hmm. one sounds good to me um i guess that is about it let's do housekeeping before we get out of here yeah Uh, melissa 
You and I just recorded a Patreon-exclusive episode of The Captain's Log, Mm -hmm. which you and I uh, created D&D characters. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys should absolutely go check that out. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And you guys can get the exclusives at the $3 tier or higher. So mm-hmm. go check that stuff out. We would like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Sam. We Thank love you. you. We love you both. Thank you for helping us out uh, and supporting us. Uh, go check out our website, thewhatnots.com, for all sorts of more information, more podcasts, more creamy goodness. Mm-hmm. As as one might say, <laughs> um, but yeah, go go check all that stuff out. We are on your podcasting platform of choice. Go find us there. Like, share, subscribe, rate us. Yeah, tell, a friend. tell your friend. Tell your tell enemy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are almost at sixty subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so if you can oh. help us out and subscribe to yeah. us on YouTube, Go to our YouTube page. Bump us up above sixty. That would be amazing. You can see video feeds of all of these. I have a different Venture Brothers shirt for every episode we are doing in this series. Yes. Now I I have to put a warning out. I my computer has been telling me that the encoding is overloaded the entire what? time we were recording. Uh. So fingers c- crossed. Everything turned out fine. It looked fine watching it. Yes. But last time this happened, it was like three frames a second. And mm-hmm. that was not not good, not fun. So maybe you can see a bunch of still, <laughs> still like a flip images book. of us recording. Yeah. But usually we have video up. So mm. my computer is a piece of shit. Anyways, Melissa, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with any of our shows, we are on Twitter at The Whatnots. Uh, and with that, we will get out of here. This has been episode 96 Ooh. Of the review show, episode 100. It's approaching ah. fast. <laughs> we'll get there soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Until then, uh, 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 adios. Bye.